Welcome to the CBD Ed Show with Edward Cheney, the founder and CEO of Canafil, a manufacturer of CBD-infused products for human and pet consumption. In this program, we will discuss the uses of CBD and other methods for alternatives and complements to conventional medical treatment. Now, here is your host, Ed Cheney. Welcome, listeners, to the CBD Ed Show. This is your host, Ed Cheney, along with beautiful... Kimberly Rose. Hello, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> so we have an interesting show today that is going to be 420 friendly. Yes. And the the title of the show is going to be What's New in the Cannabis World uh, as we come into 2021, because there is one thing for sure. This industry is exploding and you can count on innovation. Yeah, I, every day it's something new. I mean, I looked just today, and yeah. and Virginia's now yeah. a marijuana legal. Right, so. I, when you shared that, I thought that was terrific to yeah, hear. Yeah, it's it's every day. There's something new. Now we said we said that on the last show, so that term might be a little old. But how about we bring up a new term for this is the cannabis market, and you can bet your ass there is going to be plenty of drama. Yeah. Definitely. Which we, well, we'd love to call it what? Yes. It's a shit show. It's a shit show, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anytime you have, you know, we still have that other side of the world that wants to call this, you know, a bad plant and dangerous. And, of course, yeah. if you're a responsible adult, then you should treat this accordingly. This is not a toy. It is something that really should be treated mm-hmm. as I, I mean, I want to say medicine, but of course, recreational too. If that, yeah, right. if that's what you want to do responsibly, we're sharing <laughs> the show today. Yeah. So anytime you have those people, they're waiting for a mistake. Yes, that's. They're yes, waiting yes, yes. for a mistake, and they will pounce uh, as soon as you make that mistake. And they also don't want to be the ones making the mistake, which causes a lot of delay. Yeah. A lot of hesitation. Yes. Don't want to do anything yet. Let's get everybody to align first. Let's wait. Let's wait. A lot of waiting. But a lot of movement has happened, and I'll happily be able to share that with you today. Yes. I want to start with, if we're saying 420 friendly, I think both Kim and I want to say, hey, well, where the heck did the term 420 come from anyway? Yes. And there's a ton of stories, of course. Okay. There's always going to be all kinds of stories. But I did find a story, and it seems to be the most consistent story out there. All right. Okay. So it started in 1970 with a group of five California teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They went in California, of course. We're uh-huh. going to just say that's the mother of all cannabis, that state. <laughs> um, and they would meet. After school, actually, they were athletes, so right. they would meet after practice every day. Well, not every day. Let's say once a week. Let's not say every day. Right. Um, at 4:20 after practice, Stop. they would meet in this area in California by their school. There was actually a statue there that um, Louis Pasteur statue. Uh-huh. Um, and they would meet there at 420, and that was kind of like their just little their little code to each other. These kids were like, "Okay, we're going to meet at 420." 
and they got a hold of a story that a Coast Guard member had planted a bunch of pot. Uh-huh. Somewhere over there in California. Okay. And he had to abandon it for whatever reason. And, and they so it. they would go meet up, smoke a little, and go and try and find this this grow, this grow that was out there. They uh, knew it was out there, right? Okay. So they would do that for for quite a long time. They never found anything. The Lost Dutchman. Yeah, but that was just their meeting place and their their meeting time. Then uh, it comes to a little bit later on that they were also friends with the band The Grateful Dead. Okay. They had little communications with The Grateful Dead. They'd go to their concerts and yada, yada. And that form, that word or that term 420, uh, 420 <gasps> got moved into the Grateful Dead's dialogue they'd start smoking and then they yes and then uh, they call it for you go you want to go 420 let's go 420 and that was code uh, to go and smoke somewhere that is the coolest story on the planet it doesn't finish there so how does it get to the world yeah then of course Huffington Post or uh, High Times starts you know following the Grateful Dead right and they run across a flyer, uh, Stephen Bloom from the, from the High Times, from High Times, finds a flyer uh, that has, talks about 420, we're going to 420, yada, 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 and off it goes. He writes an article, he yeah. sends it off to Huffington Post, they, they start, and it just starts growing. I think that's an incredible story that these teenagers... As soon as you said Grateful Dead, as soon as you, I heard it went into that circle, yeah. sooner or later, somebody was going to pick it up if it stayed. Right. right. That's a credible story. Thanks for sharing that. So now, no, I mean, gonna... it's, I don't think it's, it's evolved into more than just let's go smoke because okay. that was the code, let's go smoke. Now it's all cannabis things. All right. Got to move into show topic. Yeah. Let's start with things to watch in the cannabis industry over the next year uh let's let's do some some particular things that i was able to dig up for you uh large marijuana players in the market like for instance this year new york and texas yeah why did texas show up well texas is one of those states uh because of their population has the ability to do 1.1 billion in state tax revenue yeah by unveiling their uh, recreational marijuana. And they are recreational, right? No, by doing this. So I I Mm -hmm. think they're in the process, but 1.1 billion. Yeah. New York, because of the economic impact of COVID-19 this year, are seeking to use cannabis tax revenue to assist with their economic recovery. I thought that was actually brilliant, and I'm wondering if... There's only a few states left, but I wonder if other states will look at that as an economic recovery tool. Well, I think it wasn't even that kind of the push in Arizona for us. We were like, our teachers are just dying here, and we need to send some money over to that part of the world. I have to share something about Arizona that I dug up that was pretty funny. Uh Uh, So we're very familiar with testing. Yes. We're very familiar with the line and how long it takes for us to get our products back. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't clearly understand. I thought this we were just in a normal line, and this is just how busy they are. I have a feeling it has to do with this I'm about to share. Here is a new bill that is read, and this is just in Arizona. Uh, if an independent third-party laboratory does not provide test results for the usable marijuana and marijuana products for medical use to nonprofit medical marijuana dispensaries within seven business days, the independent third-party laboratory shall remit the amount paid for those tests back to this nonprofit nonprofit organization that was set up to manage uh, marijuana testing. So all of us hemp people are... We just got pushed back because... Who can do all this work and not get paid? In seven days, yeah. And and literally couldn't wasn't going to surrender it back to the the, the growers or the, the, the retail stores. It's going to send it off, off out to this government wow. agency. That's, okay, well, oh, now we know laugh. why our right. tests... This is very new. This is very recent. ...have doubled in time. Okay. <laughs> I thought, thought you'd get a kick out of hearing that. Yeah. Um... New on the list is cannabis banking. So the Safe Safe Banking Act. Well, you know, that got put in two or three years ago and just sat there and sat there. Because they're still only cash only, right? It just has not been cleared. Yeah. Listen, if you want, I think it is cash only, but I think if you're doing a lot of it, there's wiggle room for... Yeah, well, we'll just say it's it's still the same. Okay. How about that? <laughs> still the same. Yeah. Well, it this bill has been revitalized. Oh, great. It is coming back into full light, hopefully get some movement in the next couple of months. I should tell you what this bill is doing, uh, or this act is doing. This would indemnify banks from federal prosecution for working with a cannabis company. I'll say that again. Indemnify them. Yeah. Now I had to think through this one. I said, okay, well, what are what what liabilities will a bank have? And wouldn't those same liabilities be there if I were to use bank money to buy alcohol? I would think was, so. Was there a similar act with again, alcohol? It's 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 this f- <laughs> federal word. That word federal just oh, stops everything because they haven't jumped on board. Yeah. All right. Okay. Enough on that. I just want you know. Hey, your days of carrying cash or hitting the ATM before you walk into a dispensary door might be done. Um, sometime okay. soon. Sometime soon. Not now. Sometime soon. Sometime soon. Yes. Correct. Correct. All right. We have some grower technologies that are also surfacing. Uh, We shared a few of those last week. Feel free to tune in on that show. Yeah. Uh, Here is another technique that is showing up in a big way called crop steering. Now, this is just for indoor cultivation. And remember, they're all looking to enhance both the potencies, the amount that they get out of the plant, and the efficiencies in which they uh, create that unless in, in which they culture the plant this technique has been adapted for cannabis to optimize production yields by manipulating grow conditions and feedings so that it steers the plant into a vegetative or a generative growth cycle 
Now, another interesting part about this is right now they're just dialing in these specifics and they're using lots of data. So when the app industry started to jump into this space two years ago, mm -hmm. well, a lot of their apps are starting to accumulate data on the growth cycle. We did this, this was the outcome. And, and just keep repeating that over and over before you know you have all this data. So right now they're gonna be tweaking that data by hand. Okay, well, at this stage of growth, let's do a little bit of this and this and, and tweaking. But here comes AI. AI is right in the background waiting to step right in. Right. So then AI will come in play and this crop steering thing will, who knows what the outcome's going to be, but it's right. likely going to be bigger. But there, I mean, we're not talking about artificially doing anything. No, nothing artificial here. Increasing the potential of the plant. Increasing great. the potential of the act of cultivating. Yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah. That's cool. And remember, we last week we talked about even the footprint decreasing because they were going vertical. Right. Vertical gas-tight envelopes in which the plants were in a controlled environment and sent up. Yeah. Right? So That's instead nice. of needing 400,000 acres, you probably could do the same in 40 acres. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, how about extracts? So apparently, cannabis concentrates uh, continue to grow in popularity, much more so than I think enthusiasts still are hanging on to the organic, but the extracts have been growing. And so the two things that are showing up now are solventless extracts. In other words, extracts with no use of solvents to get it out of the plant. Okay, well so that's that, good. And, and where they were excited, where the consumers are demanding here is that the flavor, the smells, all that has been preserved. Yeah. So without the use of solvents, you get all that. So those hard uh, core cannabis users might even move over from flour to get to a solventless uh, extract huh. that that can be that can be vaped. Uh, the other one is rosin and live resins for vape products. Do you know what those are? No, I didn't either. <laughs> Here's what they are: super potent. Oh well, I I, I want to <laughs> say that that's an area that the DEA is concerned about. I I would agree now, but. When, when, this, when I read this article, this was about those who need it for medical. You bet there's going to be recreation. Yeah. But those are, and what they want to do is just be a little less noticed that I need this high of a potency. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not taking great big bong hits in front of my children. Right. Right? I can get the potency at a high level. Just microdose it, it. I could do it discreetly using the, this, this pen that was able to deliver this resin or this live yeah, this I think rosin or live resin. That's their concern, right? Is the, the potency is so high. So it could be a risk yeah. Yeah, for those around, uh, which, is, which is real. But it has showed up on the radar for what's new and trending in 2021. Now, the, and so those probably would not be released into the recreational area. They would stay in the medicinal area. No, when I read you it, you don't think there so. Was, oh. There, well, oh, oh, if you want an opinion, D, hey, the the federal agencies are going on hang their hat on something. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I I believe you may be right. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense that, you know, I have a lot of customers that are still asking me, do you think I should keep my license? I have my medical marijuana license, yeah. and I always say yes, because I, I think they're going to start, you know, giving you little tiny, they already have you in the little tiny guideline, <laughs> but they're going to even squeeze it more so that you can't experience a large volume. It's possible. I, I would put money. Uh, I would put economics above even that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. Okay. I, I, I right now believe that it's a value to have it if you are using it more than... Recreationally. <laughs> it's just, it's a cost saver. Yeah. And if it adds up for you, what right. is that, $250, $300 a year? I think, I think honestly, but after you get it, it's probably, t the, your first dose is yeah. 250 for uh, to get your license and then okay. to renew it's cheaper oh, okay um right. and hopefully that'll come down also because the state is now making money on recreational and they can let those medical patients you know not absorb so much of a cost right okay just my thought uh so let's uh let's move into some exciting things that are minor cannabinoids we talked a, a little bit about this last week, but as I dug into this, minor cannabinoids are showing up everywhere, including wealth uh, predictions. Yeah. In other words, when you say what's new in cannabis uh, for stock trading and, and those and, and investing, all that they're talking about is minor cannabinoids. Yeah. Uh, crazy. And when I looked at it last week from the consumer side, the consumers are like, screw the isolates. I'll give me these minor cannabinoids. I'm paying good money here. I, I want it all. I don't want it diced up anymore. Right. Well, we all know uh, a combo platter is better. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I brought some, some things I had read, things that I pulled up to kind of share what they mean by minor cannabinoids. And a lot of these have still not really gone through any serious testing. But remember, because of the Farm Bill in 2018, a lot of restrictions were removed. So all this knowledge being grown over the last couple of years is a result of that restriction being removed. And they've had a good two years to just dig down into that rabbit hole. And some of these conversations about minor cannabinoids are just that. The rabbit hole of all the cannabinoids. They had suggested at one point 100. Now they're suggesting 150 can uh, cannabinoids in total. Oh, really? For the hemp plant. Oh, so geez. they're just going to keep digging. And okay. you remember last week we talked about two very cool ones and i just like to start there and that is da -da -da -da, drum roll please <laughs> i don't do a very good drum roll ah, man okay <laughs> we talked about delta nine uh -huh. uh, well, we're not gonna call it. we talked about thc and cbd both major cannabinoids yep. may have a sister minor cannabinoid called thcp and cbd p right now, these two minor cannabinoids recently studied, but because of their increased infinity to bind to a receptor, they can be 30 times more potent. Huh. THC, 30 times more potent. I can't imagine that. <laughs> so, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 420 friendly today. Right. 30 times more potent? Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, all right, let's just do the math. Which is why it's so minor, because oof, that so, would be... Yeah, yeah, right? So so let's, let's play around with this. So back in 2003, the average percentage of THC in your normal joint, your normal little blunt? Yes. 6%. Move over to 2016. What did we say? I think we said it was 14%. Yeah. Or no, 2012 was 14%. Moved into 2020, 35%. Anticipating 65%. Yeah, that's... All right. Well, just throw all that into possibly 30 times more what? <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine. Um, right, you've yeah. lost me on all the math, but right. yeah, it sounds um, yeah. very strong. Yeah. So, uh, so they suggest here, yeah, THCP to be significantly more intoxicating uh, than delta nine THC, thanks to its higher binding affinity, affinity. Now move over to medicinal. Medicinal being the exact same thing for CBD. So yeah. the positive effects, and remember CBD has no psycho psychoactive characteristics to it, but all the useful characteristics would then be also amplified. Well, that's great because then you would have to use less. Right, right, Which right. is always good. I mean... Now, those are on the radar, but not out in the public yet. The ones that are out on the, in the public include these three, CBN, CBG, and Delta-8. Yeah. Those are the three that are in mainstream right now that everybody's super excited about. Uh, since we were just talking uh, about the THC, let's, let's go to that Delta-8. Mm -hmm. That Delta-8 is only a few components short of being the Delta-9. Yeah, right. All right. So the molecule, molecular structure is super, super similar, uh, but just a little off. And it's that bit of an adjustment to that molecule that's triggering the receptor in just a little different way. In other words, not so out of control, kind of a high like Delta-9 gives you. Uh, this Delta-8 is giving you something with a little less, little less edge on it. Yeah, a little less, uh, what do I want to say? So sometimes paranoia. when you're... Paranoia. there yeah, you go, that's right. the word. That paranoia is always, um, it's always going to be there with the Delta-9. It's the craziest thing, and I don't know why, um, but it does, for me, um, I've always, I, I mean... I've been doing THC since yeah. early early ages, and that that was one of always one of my things that that was a problem for me. I was always an at home user. Yeah, I could never go out in the public. I always wondered how those people all were out there, you know, interacting. <laughs> I'm like, no, I have to stay home. I stay. I say stupid things. I become very paranoid. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's so, nice for Delta-8. Yeah, and it's just right now, uh, there are some studies trying to look at it from a medicinal place. Uh, but right now, really the only thing I can talk about today was just the recreational part of it. Let's, uh, let's move into the other two, so which is CBN and CBG. Yeah. Now again, out in the marketplace already, mm -hmm. and I've got some interesting facts about these, but on the surface... Evidence shows that CBN may have properties including appetite stimulation, mm -hmm. anticonvulsant, antibiotic, cancer-fighting, sedative, 
pain reliever, and anti-inflammatory effects. Again, early evidence shows those things are possibilities of the CBN cannabinoid. And didn't you, I know we had a show on this because we had a show on CBG, CBN, and CB, somebody else, CBC, anyway. Anyway, yeah. uh, with CBN, if you're looking for sleep, you have to, it has to be with the full spectrum. Yes. It can, needs the THC. Yeah, it does. Can I share another discovery about CBN that absolutely is fascinating and will blow your mind? CBN has the distinction of often being associated with freshness. All right, kind of trace where this is going. Okay. Associated with freshness or a lack thereof of cannabis flower. So if CBN is present, it has, it, it determines the freshness of the flower. Here's why. <laughs> As CBN is produced through the de degradation of THC over time. Okay. Over time, that flower just sitting there, as the THC degrades, the CBN. CBN increases. It's a sign of that degradation. Oh. Uh-huh. Interesting, right? Yeah. This cannabinoid has a reputation of causing extreme couch lock and drowsiness. Anybody here smoke old flour? Yeah. And if you get stuck on the couch, it might be because it was old. It overtook, the CBN overtook the THC. The THC, as it declined, yeah. increased more of the CBN. It's not suggesting they said CBN is sedative, but the combination of one going down, one going up. Ah. Though the exact mechanism of this effect is not yet clear and some and is somewhat debated amongst cannabis researchers. So, in clarity, I want to say that's just... A theory. Uh, right. They're it's just, just, a theory. just drawing some uh, spots on the wall to throw stuff at. Yeah. But I thought, I thought that was uh, really, really super interesting. Yeah. So, CBN found from overly aged cannabis. Now, does that um, also apply in the hemp plant, or am, is this just a silly question? Now that I'm thinking of it. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. There's not enough THC in the hemp plant for right. this activity to occur with yeah. any type of notice. Right. You're right. Okay. Right. Now, but CBN is fairly common in the hemp plant. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, so hopefully that answers the question. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So if you have a product that you're looking for for sleep, uh, you probably would look want to look at that third-party test and see if there was a relevant amount of CBN in there. Yeah. Okay. As we move on to CBG, I have spoken of CBG in the past. We have referenced it as, let's see, the mother of all cannabinoids. Yes. It is the one that starts in the plant and is the one that can then generate the rest of them. Anyway, CBDG is also known as stem cell cannabinoid. It's suggested to exhibit anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, neuroprotective, and antibiotic effects. Okay, mm -hmm. so I think there's a few there that are worth talking about. So CBG, if you want to, if you're maybe having going through chemo or you're go, you need some. What would you use CBG for? More, more of a. Overall, anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, neuroprotective, and anti 
<laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. But you know, when you come in I with know. a specific, like they they're like, oh, I need something with high CBG. I'm like, I okay, know. but keep keep in mind this: these are not conclusive yet. Yeah. And there are so many different, and and this is this is the important part. There are so many different. I I know at least six different minor cannabinoids that have some impact in cancer. Yeah. And to suggest what and what the ratio will be or whether it's important or not without any kind of clinical study. Right. It's just such a, it just sounds irresponsible to talk about it too much. Yeah. All the, uh, although I love saying there's potential here. Yeah. And it's just up to us to dig it out. What and how. How to use it is where you're asking me. And I bet you there's so many people that want to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, how to use it, what concentration, how to get, is it helpful, does it have any side effects? All those are all playing on all of our minds. Yeah. And it's getting close. I know it is. I know it's getting close. <laughs> all right. I think uh, with that super interesting couple of cannabinoids, minor I, cannabinoids. I like those. Uh, those are my, you know, obviously I like the whole plant. Yeah. But if I was going to pick a few, I like the Delta 8. Yeah. I like the CBN. And I still need to learn more about the CBG. Good, good, good. All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. Let's uh, take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to move into different areas. Like, hey, what about THC testing? Where the heck is that at? Yeah. All right. I knew that would be an important share, and I have information there as well as more interesting facts about what's new in the cannabis space coming in 2021. Anyway, let's take a short break, and we will be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Live authentically, heal naturally with Canafil. We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live. 
the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at canafil.com. That's info at C-A-N-N-A-F-Y-L.com. Now back to the CBD Ed Show. Hey, hey, welcome back, listeners to the CBD Ed Show. And we are talking about cannabis. Yes. New innovative things that are happening in 2021. Yeah, I mean, it It really is. It's yeah. exciting. And it's there's a different question every day. Always. Yeah. Hey, I, I, it, so she is saying that correct. It isn't exciting. Hey, yeah. it is so full of drama. I, I, listen, if, if we're not hit in the head with a hammer at least once a week, <laughs> we're like, what happened? Some hammers <laughs> are bigger than others. Right. Um, uh, yes. And we are yeah. always like, oh, okay. Yes. Okay. But we're part of something big, and that is exciting. And it's a fast-moving thing, which sometimes makes it, it's a little unstable. It's a, you know, you're standing there, and then all of a sudden your legs get swept out from under you, and you're like, well, that hurt. Yeah, (laughs) that hurt. And it's only because um, we're so excited that we might step over the line a little, even though we believe in everything that we say, um... We still have to. We still have Big Dad watching out. Yeah, we got to be smart. Yeah. But the excitement is the thing that gets us back up and can pull out this type of enthusiasm on a show weekly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. When I have a customer that comes into the store and says, thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. Yes. For helping me. That really just makes all the difference. Let's go uh, one more minor cannabinoid because I thought it was newsworthy and something I wanted to share with the audience. And even Kim, I, you may not be aware of this, so I'm going to share it. Um, THCA, and yes, this is an acid, usually a precursor, uh, is even more effective at reducing nausea than regular Delta 9. Okay, so what does it mean when there's an A? It's an acid. Correct. Okay. It's just a precursor. Okay. So it is now ready to build something else. So you you potentially could use this as just for nausea. We could just well, use I'll go it. further. Okay. I'll go further. Yeah, right. All, all good questions. Uh, the THCA uh-huh. minor cannabinoid has also been noted to produce antipasmodic benefits to fight seizure and painful muscle spasms. Okay. Now, it says, it goes on to say further, like CBG, THCA is able to increase the entourage effect and allow more medical benefits from the whole plant cannabis medicine. Now, and you know the entourage effect, and you know THC does play a role in that. We even more so, they're suggesting that THC has the ability, THCA has the ability to increase it even more. Now, the CBA... Uh, I'm sorry, the CBDA minor cannabinoid. So that was the THC. Uh, Remember, it's a a major, but its minor is THCA. (laughs) And then you have CBD, (laughs) which is, it's it's a major, but it's minor CBDA, has also demonstrated effects that mimic the inflammatory pain relief of common 
NSAIDs, which are non-steroid anti-inflammatories. And these pain relievers, such as amphetamines, ibuprofen, and, amber, and, am, and aspirin. <laughs> so I'll say that again. It mimics the abilities of these. Good. And it goes on to say, however, it does not also degrade the stomach lining like an NSAID does, making CBDA a potential safer treatment for pain than these traditional pharmaceuticals. I didn't say that. I just read it. <laughs> he didn't say it. He just read it. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a fun thing to share. Uh, interesting. Again, I told you, lots of, uh, as I had shared earlier, it's a rabbit hole. There's lots. As soon as the gates opened up in 2018, yeah. late, late in 2018, off the clinical search goes. Right. There's, it, it, there's two opportunities. There's opportunities to bring healthy alternatives to us. Yes. Right? I'm not saying remove pharmaceutical. I am saying alternatives. Those two sometimes need to live side by side. Sometimes you don't need to go pharmaceutical. Sometimes you go natural. Anyway, that's one. The other thing is there is plenty of opportunities for business. Right. Right? Lots of market growth opportunities here. Yeah. Yeah. Over and over. That's what I say. Yeah. Let's move to our subject on what is happening with THC testing. Man, conversations that we have had in our groups, it's crazy that it is still something that is being questioned. Well, and you're talking about testing on a human, like for for, yes. for work or for whatever. Yes. If you're you, driving. Yes. You could be one of those jobs uh, that working for AD, at the ADOT where uh, you are required to meet a certain standard, like you're a bus driver. Right. Or, right, right so truck driver. So you might need to meet this very specific standard. <clears throat> and when CBD hit the market, especially hemp, and it was allowed to have up to 0.3% THC, that threw this whole thing into this nightmare of what the hell do we do with this? Right. And nobody has known, and for four years now, it has just been constant. And when the 2018 bill came along, it just made it worse. Yeah. Literally made it worse. Now where everybody's like, Okay, it's it's legal, but wait, it's wait, oh man, what do I do with this? As and an I, employer, right? You're saying as an as, or, and as an employee, an, both, yeah. both are having a hard time with this. Now, so we went and did our own studies. We were trying to figure out. So the baseline is this: you sh everybody should know this. A dot, or even more so. Uh, the National Institute of, Tan of, Sta of Standards and Technology, NIST, set a baseline that ADOT had adapted to, and that was a minimum THC value of 50 nanograms per one milliliter of urine. Okay. That was their minimum, that was their baseline. Anything over that, they considered you were in violation of this test. You tested positive for THC. So their test is able to actually find the amount that, of THC in the body. Correct. And then the measurement of, T, of that THC per milliliter was, in fact, the, the line. Okay. Line in the sand. Okay. Now, so we went to work on this. And we said, well, how much farm bill, you know, compliant hemp 
product would one need to take in order to hit this uh, this arrangement? Right. And and it was absolutely astounding how much you'd have to take to get to that number. And now I can tell you it's difficult because the way this is measured is through urine, which means that uh, urine that, that it, THC can hang around for a long time. So if you continue to use it on a regular basis, like daily, and you're using a high enough dosage of uh, hemp derived only, you know, legal hemp derived, you literally could start getting close. But that was it. I could not find anything that a normal human being would do in order to hit that line. What, what do I mean by that? And you're talking Buy just a, a sixty dollar a bottle yeah. and drink a sixty dollar bottle a day. Yeah. Of hemp, hemp derived within the limits a product. Right. If you if you did that entire bottle every day, so sixty times thirty if you were able to spend just under two grand a month trying to bust this, then you probably will. Yeah, because if you're spending $60 on a bottle, you're probably getting like a 500 and below. I, it, yeah, yeah. Well, now, all Does right. Does it matter you're if you go no, up? No, okay. you're, you're going in a different direction of uh, where my analysis was able to take. Okay. Anyway, and then I went and I asked the, the, the team to go online and see if you could find any data that suggested somebody was busted on a test and could prove that all they had was a farm bill compliant hemp derived CBD product. And to date, that was two weeks ago, to date nobody has come up with anything. Well, because how can you, because you can't differentiate it if it came from the marijuana plant or the hemp plant well, there's, in a THC test. There's can some you? new stuff. Oh. But I did want to tell you that to date it's still, like for me, it looks like it's still a fear and not a real thing. Oh, I could test positive. Yeah. Because it has, you know, THC in it. I, I'm here to tell you, 0.3% THC is an extremely small amount. Five nanograms of THC per milliliter is way higher. As a matter of fact, let me make a statement made by those guys. Here it is. Here it is. All right, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, here we go. Let me just read. Drug panel screening for, T for THC and CBD alone should not trigger a... Uh, I, no, I'm sorry. Drug panel screens for THC and CBD alone should not trigger a positive marijuana test. Oh, by the way, this was from the National Institute of Standard and Technologies, uh, NAST. However, there is a possibility that some CBD products may contain traces of THC. Not a possibility, it's, it's a reality. It's a reality, yes. So MROs are generally skeptical of CBD as an explanation of positive THC tests, especially considering that the cutoff on the federal panel, and many other panels by extension, is 50 nanograms per milliliter for the initial screening and can go down as low as 50 nanograms per milliliter on the confirmation screening. Right. All right, what they just said is even we, the people that created the standards, really don't find this as a reasonable, as, as a reasonable reason that you'd fail a test. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to share that because I thought that was interesting. All right, let's move on to better and better, bigger and better things regarding testing. Apparently, um, the NIST expects by the end of this year 
to have an improved TAC testing that, re that really could see the difference between hemp-derived THC percentage and marijuana. Oh, really? Yes, 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 yes. So, it says, a new analytical method to determine THC levels in hemp less than 3%. Okay. So, the test would literally be able to detect that. And if it does, removes it out of the equation. Okay. All well, right. Now, we also have, in the private sector, we have a company called Cannabix. Or, I'm sorry, Cannabix Technologies. Sorry, Cannabix. Uh, and they are now currently beta testing a breathalyzer for marijuana. The they, they suggested this, THC is present in the breath for a relatively short time period, one to three hours. So they're suggesting that they can use a breathalyzer to test it there instead of going into urine or blood or hair follicles. And that's if you, uh, obviously, if you think that maybe like a police officer would use a breathalyzer because yes. you're right there if in you, that moment. That's right. If you'd used it within one to three hours, it's likely you're still psychoactively responding to it. Okay. You're still high. That's and is right. this, then this must just be for smoking, right? Because uh, ingesting would be a different animal. Like I if you ate a gummy, it, would it Still right. be on your. I it did not. It did not uh, discern between those. Oh. Yep. It just said this and did not speak of uh, the the pathway in which THC got into your body. I mean, it still goes through the mouth whether you eat it or you smoke mm. it. Okay. Possible. I just didn't know if it stayed in the lungs for yeah. one or two. Yeah. I, it. Okay. Great question. Great question. I, I sense. I mean, we know I alcohol. Sense. They use breathalyzers, mm -hmm. right? I sense in the in the coming months uh, we'll see how this beta test goes. Uh, I, I sense it was supposed to happen last year, but it didn't. So, mm. but we've all been in, in a state of pandemic, so maybe that might have delayed things. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's awesome because then that way that will uh, obviously I think would re reduce costs on those things yeah. and yep. be a little bit more accurate as opposed to the green tongue and red bloodshot right. watery right. eyes method. Well, there was another suggestion made by the NIST, uh, and it says this. Of course, uh, one course of action is to disregard a positive marijuana test. Just disregard it. But that provides need, a, a delay in the hiring process. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you why. On average, turnaround time for a negative urine test is only two days. So you get a test, take it, send it in, two days later, boom, you're all good. Mm -hmm. While a positive test typically takes around 10 days. So just ignoring the marijuana part, you still have to deal with this delay. Yeah. Now remember, a test right now includes like all those, those eight items. Uh, amphetamines and heroin and right opioids. So, schedule one drugs. Yeah, yeah. The t so it's, it's a single test still. Yeah. All right. And it just has everybody lump, lumped in there. Right. Okay. So NSIT also suggests a better option. And this option is to remove the marijuana from the testing panel altogether. Yes, that would be the best option. Yeah. It says, in light of the current landscape, many labs are creating and offering panels now without THC. Reach out to your occupational medical provider to see whether or not 
This is a possibility and discuss your options. Yeah. Uh, Because I read over and over again, and I'm not going to rehash any of this, but employer employees are in such an awkward spot right now. Employers can be put in a place of liability. Yeah. Hey, you pop positive. Ah, You're fired. Uh, And two weeks later, you know, they get a call from the attorney that says, you fired my employee, you fired my, my client uh, for no cost. I'm like, oops, crap. Yeah. yeah. That could be an expensive outcome. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, well, now as an employer, um, I don't have an p- issue, obviously, with any marijuana use as long as it is not during work hours. Yeah. What you do outside, now I also don't have any liability there. I'm, nobody's driving or yeah, doing any right, of that right, stuff. Yeah, so you're in a little, yeah, but easier spot. just use during work is not allowed. Right. Um, can I tell the signs? Mm-hmm. I like to say yes. <laughs> well, two years ago, well, yeah. I, if, you, if you look at one of our podcasts early last year, uh, we talked about this, and the recommendations coming from uh, Harvard Business School and Entrepreneur Inc. Magazine were, you know, hey guys, let's stop relying on the test and instead teach your management to observe the physical attributes of being high and use that as your your trigger to do something. Right. Right. Like you know, hey, sedative. You know, the guy can't talk. Use those skills. Uh, and make and, and so that's what they were talking about early on. Yeah, they went straight to that first uh, in the business world. That's a good. That I think that's the best option. Now listen. But they if did say you, train. They said train on this. Right. So that it wasn't my opinion. Hey, he's over there sleeping. He's got to be high. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's just a teenager. Uh, <laughs> but again, if you're a big business, do you have time to? Yeah. yeah that's. Yeah, that's tough. All right, we're going to move over to another one. How about characteristics of the plant? And this is for both the marijuana plant and the hemp. The characteristics of this plant are becoming more and more under the control of all three parties, the grower, the extractor, and the manufacturer. And it's these characteristics that are starting to become big because this consumer is requesting them. I'll give you an example. When we talked earlier about a solventless, a solventless extraction and how the, the, the 420 friendly people were wanting that because they wanted the flavor to come out of that plant. Right. They like that flavor. They like that smell. Yeah. And they're demanding it. Well, and they're not the only ones. There are uh, there are even people that say, I want the color. <coughs> I know I've heard you talking something. I, the, hey, you got any more of that with the purple on it? <laughs> so yeah. the color is becoming in question. The, now, these are the flower flavors. lovers. I know. Yes. I know. I know. But it, it just kind of shows how... The consumer is becoming more aware and is starting to make requests, not even demands, of this product. Yes, no, I I think those who, uh, again, are so attached to the flower, the plant itself, there's there's a whole, like, connoisseur thing going on there that, I mean, thankfully, I I don't have to get into that world. I just... 
my flour in the store, I just talk about, you know, the amount of CBD in there and if it's right. a day and a night. But my customers will, yes, they will. Can I look at it? Can I look at it? But you already are in this world. Yes, and I know. You, and, and I'll tell you this. So anytime you have a new industry, you got entrepreneurs in it. And entrepreneurs yeah. are great at taking those needs and building a business around it. Yes. All right. So I want to put a shout out because I think Troop Terpenes has done a great job with that. And that's what brings me back to, yes, you are in the middle of this. Yeah. Because they went out and said, wow, so wait a minute, the consumer is asking for these flavor profiles. But what did they do before that? They said the consumers are asking for these condition profiles. Hey, if you put a little limonene in there, a little carifolene, and you put these guys all together, then you're likely to have a little more effect on your sleep, mm -hmm. right? So they'll combine these components and put them in along with the CBD. So you started there, and now they have gone to flavor profiles and pulling different parts of the plant out so that you can achieve tastes and smell and even maybe color next. I don't know a whole lot about that piece. I think you might know more about it. Yeah, it's, so, it's definitely a smell and a taste um, and a look that those customers are looking for. Okay. It's funny, the ones that use the oils though are like, is this gonna taste, is this gonna taste like a, like a marijuana plant? Is this gonna, <laughs> right. I'm like, no, it, that all, I mean, there are still green oils out there, I'm sure, that are like part, like look like they are the plant. Yeah. But a lot of my customers don't want that anymore. They want, they don't want that. But then on the flower side, yes, they definitely, yeah, they yeah. are very attracted to the smell and the look and, yeah. the, and the taste. Yes, I, I, I've actually heard you have some of those conversations, and it is pretty interesting because they're just such enthusiasts. I yeah. really like that part. Yeah. Now, there is going to be so many more innovations, so many changes as an, as an effect of regulations being unwound through such a short time period. So expect that we could probably have a show once a quarter on nothing but this yeah. topic. We really could. Yeah. So keep in mind, we will update you as things, you know, become big, especially since the time that we're in right now, we're coming out of this, this pandemic where we're all feeling the need to spread out again and maybe even find where our potential was before we went in. So I would expect over the next six months, there should be some movement here that will absolutely call for another show. Well, let's hope so, because, you know, we keep saying yeah. this and then the darn pandemic hit. Yep. But I, oh. Okay. All right. I just got noticed. We've got to wrap things up. I know. All right. So I got to do that. So listen. I have to admit, that's all the time we have for this show today. Boo. <laughs> I want to thank everybody listening for uh, listening to this episode of the CBD Show. I hope you found the topic matter uh, entertaining. And I'd like to end with, this is Ed. And this is Kim. Helping you with the future of health and medicine. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to the CBD Ed Show. Please join your host, Edward Cheney, for another edition next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can also be heard each week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, enjoy the upcoming weekend, and we'll be here soon.